0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Christ is risen. This is the second Sunday of the Feast of Resurrection. And many, if maybe not all of the Sundays of the Resurrection, are sort of trying to, the Church is trying to teach us or to focus on the highlight, the divinity of Christ. Highlighting that Christ is God. And so the passage that our Mother the Church chooses for us today is our Lord Jesus Christ's discourse about the Bread of Life. And of course, we know that uh, Christ is speaking to a very specific segment of the population. Right? He's speaking to Jews who know a lot of things about the law. He's not speaking to sort of just anybody. Uh, his audience, kind of like all the faithful Jews, they're very knowledgeable about their own history. They brought, they, he brought up the story of the manna in the wilderness, recalling how the ancestors wandered in the desert after being flay, uh, freed from uh, slavery in Egypt. If you go back to Exodus can remind ourselves about their history. Moses and the people of Israel, they're going through the wilderness on their way to the promised land. And wilderness implies sort of barrenness, that there's nothing, very few trees, very few plants, animals, were able to live in the wilderness. So as the Hebrews were complaining that there was no food for them to eat in the desert, The Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or not. So every morning, it says in the book of Exodus, every morning a substance like coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey, was found on the ground outside of their tents. And the Israelites called this bread manna. Enough fell for them to each be satisfied for one day. And then twice as much fell on Friday because they were not allowed to gather food on the Sabbath because they're not allowed to work on the Sabbath. But every day they would go out and they would have the manna for the day that they needed. And then on Friday they would have two days worth of manna that would last Friday and Saturday. And the manna provided for them their sustenance, their nutrition for 40 years as they were traveling on their way to Canaan, on their way to the Promised Land. Our Lord Jesus Christ says, he has very famous in the book of uh, the Gospel of St. John, I am phrases. And this is one of them where he says, I am the bread of life. And he's contrasting himself with the manna that was eaten by the Hebrews, by the Israelites. He said, your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread, or I am the bread which comes down from heaven. that man may eat of it and not die. He's saying that the manna sustained the Israelites on their journey to the promised land. But the promised land, it was just a temporary victory, right? They would all eventually die there. The people who made it they would eventually die there. Holy Communion is the manna for today. This bread of life is what is supposed to sustain us through the wilderness of our lives. And just like the manna comes every day for for that day, we offer Holy Communion continuously. The Holy Spirit consecrates the gifts of the bread and the wine all over the world every single day. And there's no running out of blessing, there's no running out of communion, just like there was no running out of the heavenly manna. And just like the men who receive the portion each time, right? We don't go to communion and take it and take it home and hoard it and keep it in our houses, right? We can count on the blessing of the Holy Spirit coming down each time the liturgy is offered to consecrate the bread to be the bread of life. And this bread of life doesn't just sustain us through the deserts of life. It actually leads us also to the promised land, to the land of eternal life. So in calling himself the bread of life, our Lord Jesus Christ was building on the idea of the manna, the heavenly manna, but superseding the purpose of the manna. Because his bread leads to eternal life, not just sustenance like the people of Israel. So our Lord Jesus Christ, he says something very radical to the audience. He says, And Jesus said to him, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and do not believe. All that the Father gives with me will come to me. And the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all He has given me I should lose nothing, but raise Him up at the last day. Our Lord Jesus Christ is clearly making a connection between the manna, between God, between heaven and Himself. Just like the manna came from heaven, from God, our Lord Jesus Christ comes from God in heaven to become our bread of life. This is the message that we need Him to survive in the barren wilderness of our society. We need Him to survive in the barren wilderness of our society. All societies, all cultures throughout history are barren without our Lord Jesus Christ. And just like the ancient Israelites, they complained and they murmured against Moses and against Aaron for being hungry. The people in the audience of our Lord Jesus Christ, skeptically were talking against Him and against His radical teaching. He sa- it says in the, in the passage that we read, And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last days. Then it says, The Jews then complained about him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless drawn by the Father who sent me. I will raise that person up on the last day. The Eucharistic significance of our Lord Jesus Christ's sermon or His discourse on the bread of life should be clean. Christ's body was broken and His blood was shed for us on the cross. And through His death and through His resurrection, we've been freed or liberated from the bonds <coughs> the bonds of sin and death. But to realize the salvation that's offered to us in the lifting up of the Son of Man, that he, like He said, we have to eat His flesh and drink His blood. It's through the mystery of Holy Communion that our Lord Jesus Christ Himself instituted in the Last Supper, that we partake of the body and blood of our crucified and risen Christ. Just like in baptism, so also in the Eucharist, the sacramental authority of the Church, we enter into the mystery of redemption. Our Lord Jesus Christ is condemning, complaining, and murmuring when you hear something about God's teaching that maybe doesn't jive with what I think to be true. It's the same for us. Sometimes we hear things about something about God's teaching and that maybe is not in line with how I'm behaving, with what I'm doing. And all of a sudden, it makes us comfortable because we don't understand or because we don't want to have to change. But we are drawn by God the Father to Christ by faith, not by skepticism. It's a reminder for us. How many of us have skepticism when it comes to God's teachings, His teachings on the Holy Eucharist, His teachings on the power of prayer, Christ tells the Jews, and tells us very plainly, don't murmur among yourselves. Just because you don't understand something, doesn't mean it can't be true. Maybe we're the ones who need to adjust our thinking. So if that little part made the Jews uncomfortable, saying that he's the son of God and the bread of life, think about how uncomfortable a person would have been after hearing the few verses after the gospel that we read today. He says, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the man in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, very truly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life and I will raise them up on the last day. Our Lord Jesus Christ is re-emphasizing that he is the bread of life. He makes abundantly clear that He is the living bread that came down from heaven. And He deepens the message and makes it even more graphic, saying that the living bread is His flesh, and unless we eat and drink His blood, we have no life in us. And so, this is a foundational teaching of the Church, coming from the mouth of our Lord Jesus Christ Himself for the Eucharist, what we call Holy Communion. We take the offering of the bread and the wine every Sunday and every weekday that we offer the liturgy, and pray that God's Holy Spirit comes down, transforms it into the very body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we receive it in thanksgiving for the forgiveness of our sins, for eternal life. If we as Coptic Christians want eternal life, the life of God within us, then we have to eat His flesh and drink His blood. That's what distinguishes us from other religions and from many other denominational churches. We have the Eucharist. We have the ability to commune directly with God. Some people might say, you know, I'm I'm a good person. I don't need the Eucharist. Maybe I only need it. (coughs) I only need to take communion maybe one or two times a year. Good ethics, good morals, good values are important, are necessary. But somebody doesn't need to be Coptic Orthodox or even need to be Christian to be a good person. Can be a member of a lot of different organizations and still be thought of or be a good person. But it's only within the church that you'll hear about eating the flesh and drinking the blood of Jesus Christ. It's only here that the Eucharist is offered every week. God told the Israelites through Moses to gather and eat the manna every day. They weren't supposed to save some for later because it was going to spoil. If They saved some for later. Some tried to save some for later, but it ended up spoiling. The implicit message that was that I need to labor every day for the food from heaven. And don't rely on my own efforts or plans to sustain myself. You can imagine somebody who's in Israel is wandering through the wilderness. They're like, you know what, we're pretty hungry. I cannot guarantee that the manna is going to come tomorrow. Let me grab a bunch of it just in case it doesn't come tomorrow and I'll leave it in my basket. But God spoiled the manna that people tried to save. He's trying to teach them. Don't rely on your own efforts. Don't rely on your own plans to sustain yourself. For us, it means that for ourselves in church, whenever Holy Communion is offered and we receive it. Each time we don't receive the Eucharist, it's a missed opportunity to have the living bread that bestows eternal life. So we have to also be careful how we prepare ourselves for Holy Communion. St. Paul talks about this in Corinthians. He says, Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. After these teachings that our Lord Jesus Christ gave in the Gospel of St. John in chapter 6, many of his disciples drew back, they were ashamed, and some of them left. The call that... We're praying or asking today is for us not to draw back, but to examine ourselves, to judge ourselves, to be sure that we believe and trust in his commandments as interpreted and taught by the church to take communion in a worthy manner. Let us go up to him and do our very best to follow and fulfill his commandments, especially the commandment to eat his flesh and to drink his blood because he is Christ our God, the bread of life coming down from heaven. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.